We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 11, Patty. 11 after a, a brief hiatus on uh, Thanksgiving break. Um, ho- hopefully, you guys, everyone, all the listeners had a great Thanksgiving and uh, we're happy to be back with another episode of The Swider Show. Yep. Uh, with Patty Casey. With Patty yep. Casey. With Patty Casey. Uh, episode 11, that's actually my high school jersey number, Swider. So we're going big this time. Is, this is episode. Uh, Patty Casey high school number. Yeah, actually, you high know why I wore. Casey. Do you know why I wore eleven in high school? I think I've told you this before. I don't. This is not a lie. I was a freshman in high school. This was long before I was at Cuse. I wore eleven because of Tyler Ennis. Little fun fact. Wow. Yep. Someone told me I, one of my friends said he, I play a little bit like him, so I was like, you know what? I'll wear his number. But wow, big yeah. big, big Syracuse guy. Yeah. Syracuse so, podcast. Uh, little foreshadowing there but um yeah like you said happy thanksgiving to to all how was your thanksgiving swider my thanksgiving was good i actually uh stayed here in la for thanksgiving my family was all in uh fort myers for yeah uh, my sister's thanksgiving tournament so uh stayed here actually uh our g league coach miles simon was gracious enough to have us over his house no way uh, for thanksgiving so it was great meal yeah uh a bunch of my teammates went over there as well, so um, it, it was good to be in the kind of like a little family atmosphere for Thanksgiving. Yeah. How, how, how was your Thanksgiving, Patty? It was phenomenal. I was in Scranton. I'm still in Scranton. <clears throat> um, but yeah, very fun, fun day, fun weekend. Good to see everyone. Yeah, um, sure. I had my five year reunion for for high school. Wow, Shout out how to was that? Scranton Prep class of 2017. It was a blast. It was very fun. Um, if you don't follow me on Instagram, go check out the Insta. I was wearing a nice sport coat. Nice button down, you know how it goes. Yeah, that, that was that was a nice picture, Patty. I, yeah. I think I liked yeah. it. Yeah, thank you. Oh, you did. Yeah. Well, it comes up as like the priority thing because you're uh, <laughs> fucking verified. But um, yeah. for my first segue of the day, there was some things to be thankful about this past week with you personally and get back yeah. on the court. No. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So I. I think. I think last time we were on here. Um, we were talking yeah, it's about been a day. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. So, uh, almost two <clears> weeks ago now, it's crazy. But uh, 
my, my bone got a lot healthier in this next MRI, which was huge. Um, I, I was able to um, start getting on the court a little bit. Um, started out with some plyometrics for four or five days. Then started nice. getting out on the court. So I, I did a 20-minute shooting workout, followed by 20-minute 20, 20 one-dribble pull-ups, uh, day off one-dribble one pull-ups. Uh, had the weekend to kind of get back and um, did some treatment, did some lifts. And then today was my uh, – did a full 30-minute workout two days ago, and today was my first practice. So nice. um, starting to run, starting to sprint, starting to kind of get my mojo back and um, just get back into working out, which would be yeah. great. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's looking like another like two weeks until I'm back playing out, out on the court. Two and a half weeks. Nice. Um, but my, yeah, man, I'm excited. It's starting to starting to feel like like I, I'm getting back in the rhythm again. You know, back to yourself. Being a, yeah, being around the guys. Um, I mean, you know me, Patties. Yeah. It's not it's not often where I would take where I would take yeah. a lot of time off shooting a basketball. Never mind two months off of playing. It's also yeah. I was gonna say, um, that's like pr- maybe the worst part about being hurt is. You definitely don't take it for granted every day, but like, I feel like human nature-wise, when you're practicing and you're healthy and you have stuff each day, you just kind of like go day by day and show up everywhere and like do it, and then all of a sudden, you just can't play. It's like the worst feeling in the entire world. Yeah, and I and I've been blessed enough to be pretty, pretty. Uh, I mean, yeah. besides my freshman like, year at Villanova, yeah, I just knocked on wood. Yep, not, knocked on wood. But uh, I've been pretty fortunate to, to not have a lot of serious injuries. Been uh, I. Could, I always pride myself on being being durable. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's it's definitely a switch up for me, especially mm-hmm. seeing the team start the season, not have me there. And, um, yeah. I mean, Syracuse. I almost. I mean, not a lot of people know this, but I had a bad ankle injury. Patty knows. This. I had a bad yeah, ankle yeah. injury for like two and a half weeks before this uh, the season started. So. Was well, um, that was like last year, October, mid October, right? Like yeah, right before the season. Yeah. 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 So. That was yeah, tough. Um, that was when, was that why I drove you back? Yeah, right. That is why you yeah. drove me back. How yeah. about that? That was a, that was a great friend move by me. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Unbelievable <laughs> friend move by Patty. I'm just gonna tell a story real quick. So, my mom had found this crazy sort of treatment for my ankle, um, and ba- basically, uh, I had to go back to massachusetts boston area obviously i'm from rhode island but i had to go back mm-hmm. so i called i called coach bayham i'm like hey coach is it okay if i go back i'm not gonna miss any practice i'll be back he's like yeah but it wouldn't be counterproductive for you to drive and i was like coming from a hall of famer yeah that actually makes sense yeah it so, did make sense so so patty was kind enough to to drive me um back to, 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 Al- Albany. to Albany, right? That's halfway. Drove me to Albany, two, yeah. two and a half hours away. Um, and then he had to drive two and a half hours back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't mind doing it. I was in your giant car. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, so yeah, now, actually, that was the day I said to you, I'll do this if you have me as a co-host on your future <laughs> podcast. There was probably some podcast talk. Yeah, so that was the long game there. He's a lot of yep. beaver on the, on the radio. Oh, it was, it was great. Yeah. But um, I wanted to ask about, like, the difference in Thanksgiving between college and the NBA. Like, are you guys – you said your teammates were at that dinner. It your assistant coach's house. But, like, are you guys hanging out throughout the holiday? Or is it like – because in college, it's, if you have practice here, you're usually at one of those tournaments. It's like you spend basically the whole week with the team, and there's team meals and all that. So um, yeah. how was, like, your first holiday? Was it different? 
Yeah, it's very different. I mean, I, I think if you ask any professional athlete this, they would tell you the biggest adjustment between college and the NBA is, is dealing with time. Because you yeah. have a lot of time. You're going to have a lot of uh, opportunities to to get yourself into different things, right? So it's how do you manage that time? How do you try and make that time the best? Is it rest? Is it uh, starting a new business venture? Is it starting a podcast? Yep. You know what I mean? Is it because mm-hmm. uh, you can only work out three, four hours a day at most. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean? yeah. And during the season, you try and limit that as much as possible. Coaches are getting right. off the court. They're, like, they're, all, they're all concerned about rest, which is obviously an important thing. But, um, but I, think, I think the one thing about the NBA is that everyone goes home and has their own individual lives. Like three yeah. guys on my G League teams ha- has wives. Um, a bunch of other guys have family out here. So some guys are going to their family's house for Thanksgiving. Some guys were uh, flying home for Thanksgiving. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just awesome to have Coach Miles Simon being able to invite me over his house, make me feel like welcomed. Um, and yeah, man, it was it was good experience. Um, I, I right. wouldn't lie if I said I, if I didn't wish I was with my family, but um, yeah, good first thing uh, out here. That's what's weird. About, I mean, you're not gonna complain about it, but it's weird. Like it is a it's kind of a lonely time as an athlete when it's like Thanksgiving Day and like you're out there and you're like, damn, like. Obviously, you're very grateful. It's a day of giving thanks. You're thankful t- to be on the Lakers, but it's definitely human nature to be like, ah, I kind of wish I was home, like doing the Thanksgiving thing. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, I've missed the last two Christmases. I, I yeah. don't remember the last time I was home for Thanksgiving. Um, but it's just one of those things, you know what I mean? A lot, a lot of people would die yeah. to be in these shoes and um, – you know what I mean? Just just yeah. have the opportunity to play for the Lakers or play for Syracuse or Villanova. And, um, I, I definitely don't take that for granted. So right, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely blessed and thankful, man. That's actually why I'm not in the NBA, is so I could enjoy my holidays and everything. Scranton is just such a magical place. <laughs> yeah, play. exactly. you got to stick around, you know? That but, five-year reunion wouldn't even go on with if you weren't there. Yeah, <laughs> if I was on the Lakers. Yeah. That would be so much cooler. But... <laughs> Um, that we actually forgot to do a mailbag question of the week on the Jake Marsh episode, which we didn't realize until after the fact. But um, we had a little bit longer of an opening that time. This week's mailbag question of the week's wider Thanksgiving theme. We're talking about it. What is your go-to or what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish that's on the plate? What's your number one? Yeah. Um, so back home, it's a little different this year because I wasn't back home. My grandmother right. makes a gr- Makes a great stuffing for Thanksgiving. Yep. So back home, I would have to say stuffing. And then uh, mm-hmm. this year, they did a great job with the yams and and uh, mac and cheese. So yeah. I would probably say that those are my favorite two this year. What, what about what about you, Case? That's that's your. Uh, those are like your heavy hitters. There, mine's probably stuffing. I think my yeah. favorite part about Thanksgiving is is a nice uh, leftover sandwich the next day. Put on some toast. Some mayo, put some stuffing on there. It's delicious. I, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Someone actually said that in an interview that I watched. I, I forget who it was. Well, I just said that. That's my take. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> no, so. but um, yeah, that's good podcasting there. That's what everyone's doing this week, ranking their favorite dishes on Thanksgiving. So that'll <laughs> probably just get us a couple hundred views. Oh, big time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Feast Week. This past week is one of the better weeks of sports of the entire calendar year. With like, there's just college basketball around the clock. They're like cutting to different gyms. Everything's all over the place. Um, 
we were actually me and this is showing the the family atmosphere of the Swider show. Last Monday, Jake Sherrod and Adam Lewis, our producers, were on their way to New York to see the Orange play at Barclays in Brooklyn. I get a text at I don't know three four o'clock, and they said uh, their buddy had not been able or he wasn't able to make it anymore, so they stayed at my house. Swider, you already know this, but I just yeah, have to brag about myself again. That's uh, unbelievable. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. I bet those guys were uh, very thankful for for your yeah, exactly. In in the theme of of the week, yeah. Adam, how'd you like it? What, what's your review of my apartment? First of all, I think you're forgetting a very important part of this uh, story is that you were also looking for tickets to the game that evening. Oh well, yeah. I had texted uh, Pete late. Yeah, yeah. They did. They did give me and my brother t- their two tickets. You saved us a lot of money. We had a hotel and we got rid of it, and we stayed in Manhattan. Yeah. And you know, I actually slept pretty well on the couch. Yeah, I was gonna say probably wasn't the most comfortable quarters, but uh. No, we, we had a couple beers and I slept like a baby. It was great. Yep. Yeah, it was a good time. It was uh, good to see them in person, Swider, and not virtually. That's but great. Sheridan's down with the flu, so he's missing his what eighth episode in a row. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that was mean. Shout out to to Jake Sheridan. Hopefully he's, do not, hopefully he's do not feeling cut better. That. Yeah, do no, not cut obvi- obviously not. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, great week of basketball. You got Maui. Yeah. You got Atlantis. We were there last year. The Empire Classic in Brooklyn was cool. Tough yeah. L on the second night, but um, yeah, I don't know. What do you you think we should do some Q's talk here? Or save it for a little bit later. Yeah, let's let's do some Q's talk now. Man. Yeah. Um, First of all, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of the guys for how they fought in Brooklyn, man. I super yeah. Just watching that game brought a smile to my face. Uh, obviously, no one likes losing. Uh, trust me, we I've done my fair share. <laughs> yeah. um, I have, I've had my tough losses. and um, I mean, I'm just super proud of those guys. I thought Judah played really well. Joe mm-hmm. had an amazing amazing first night to beat a really good Richmond team. Yeah. Um, and then that second night, you know what I mean? When you play for Coach Bayheim. There's going to be games where the starters play 40, 45 minutes, 42 yeah. minutes, 41 minutes. And on back-to-back nights for a young team, I thought they responded well. St. John's an older team. They've had guys who have been playing in college basketball for a long time. Um, so just super proud of the guys, super way, proud of the way they fought. Um, it's not easy to play two games in two nights. It's not easy to play against two tournament-caliber teams in two nights. Um, and to be right there at the end um, – just, just speaks to the volumes that uh, obviously they've worked really hard. And um, mm-hmm. I, I was texting Patty a little bit. I was like, hey, like, see how much better they've gotten so far since the Colgate game. Like, I can only imagine what Bayheim's going to do with this team at yeah. the end of the year. Yeah, they uh, they definitely got like, I was very impressed seeing them in person. Um, Jude is like unreal. He had that block and then that breakaway yeah. dunk. I yeah. was like, I don't know. The, the video, oh, I'm going to do the, the in person move that a lot of people do, like in person. Yeah, it it didn't do it justice. The video didn't, because in per or in person that dunk was ridiculous. Um, yeah. But yeah, Joe, that was like, I went to the Richmond game. That was one of the better halves I've ever seen him play, or better games. But specifically the first half, he was like doing whatever he wanted and just like could miss. He he had one of those halves. I mean, Barclays treats him well. I mean, yeah, not, not that the second game, but that the first half he had against Duke at Barclays. 
in my opinion, was the best half I've seen him play. Just yeah, I, it was I, unreal. I might, might, might be selfishly just because I was there. I was you were there, game. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, man, I'm I'm super proud of this team. I think the coaches have done a hell of a job. Um, I'm really really excited for the future of the program too. Just seeing all mm-hmm. these all these young guys contribute. Justin Taylor having a huge 24 point game. Um, yeah, how about that? Show, Munir showing flashes. Um, I, yeah. I think just overall, Benny having a good second game. Like if you think about if you think about the team, you have Judah who's a freshman, may, maybe a one and done, may not be. You yeah. have Justin Taylor who's probably gonna be a two to four year player. Chris Bell, two to four year player. Munir is gonna be there for th- two more years after this year. You have Sai who, who could come back for another year. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm just really excited for the growth of this team, and especially I mean. Kadir, we've seen what he could do in exhibition games. Yeah. I'm just really excited for the future of this team. I think the coach did a great job of identifying a talent that will stay, will be there, will help them grow throughout the years. And and let me just give a quick shout-out. Kadir Copeland obviously doesn't play that much in the St. John's game, but he's the first one handing out water bottles. Yeah, he's a, he's like a phenomenal bench guy. Like his, his react, He's like staying the whole game. He celebrates so after all the basket, like, and when, so when they when they cut to, to him, like, um, like you were saying, he was handing out waters, and he's always talking to guys in timeouts and stuff. He's like as engaged of a teammate as anyone you'll see. Oh, unbelievable! And mm-hmm. uh, I I just had to give him a quick shout out just because I know when I was a freshman, I was a top recruit coming in, not playing as much, watching the end of the game. I wasn't in the moment enough to be able to grab water bottles, give them to my teammates, like make sure yeah. I'm, I'm in tune with everything that's going on in the game. Because at the end of the day, I mean, two overtime games, he could be the next guy being called in the game. And if you're mm-hmm. not ready for that moment, you know Beheim. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's, that's um, it. So, so, yeah. yeah, he's like one of the more outgoing dudes. But um, the other thing with Q's basketball, G-Mac and Hakeem Warwick, both numbers getting raised to the rafters. That video... On Twitter was like unbelievable. It, it made me yeah, shed a tear, Swider. Yeah. If we're being yeah, honest. We went, and we went back and forth about this. I just. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting chills down my back now just thinking about that. I, I just. Mm-hmm. So happy and just. Yeah. I, I, I get emotional too just thinking about just the career that G Mac had, all the moments that he had. And just for it to be wrapped up in 20 years late, like you said, 20 years later. To, yeah. It's definitely uh, it was pretty long overdue. I mean, obviously oh, at, at any point, yeah. but probably should have happened a little while ago. But hey, we're not going to complain about it. I mean, shoot, they probably thought he was going to go back and keep playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's for true. A little bit. That's a good point. Akeem yeah. Warwick just got done playing. So yeah, he was playing overseas, right? Yeah, playing overseas, yeah. playing in the NBA for a long time. So yeah. I mean, I'm just so happy. I saw Hakeem the other week play, uh, when we played G League Ignite. Uh, mm-hmm. Big Syracuse guy. James Sutherland was at, is actually on that team as well. Oh, really? So, yeah, Jason Strong Hart's Q's the, presence. Jason Hart's the head coach, Q's guy. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the Q's family so strong. Obviously, this is about G-Mac and Akeem, but, like, I, I remember me and you were just texting right after. It's like, when is this? Like, I hope, yeah. I hope I can go to this game. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going. Obviously, you have your own season to kind of figure out the schedule and everything. But, yeah, yeah. I cannot wait for that. Um, nah, also, shout out to Akeem. Akeem's one, he's a Philly guy. Two, okay. 
my number is technically now retired because I wore number one the, in Hakeem Works. There will never be a number, number, one, number one. Will be, will be on the court. But I was actually going to ask you this. So last year you were twenty-one. That's Moton's number, right? So what did you call him and ask, and he like granted permission? Is that how that worked? No, I, I think uh, Syracuse just had so many amazing players that and legendary players. You can't, yeah. you can't retire. I think, I think you can't wear fifteen. I think once G Max number gets retired, you can't wear three. Can't wear three. Okay, oh, that's um, pretty cool. But like those those numbers are on the uh, sideline there on the other side. Yeah, like twenty one yeah, was mo- there, but. It's so funny, last year, uh, Red used to always say, yo, Moten's going to come up to you and say, I'm the real 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did he do that? He's actually a hilarious guy. Yeah, hilarious guy. No, He's he, so he, nice. he didn't. He did yeah. But, uh, he was at a few games. He was also at the uh, alumni game and, like, still just giving out buckets. Yeah, no, he's yeah. He, he's funny. He's yeah. funny. He's a good dude, man. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Orange, I'm really – it's a stressful time for them. I feel bad for all those guys because losing is the absolute worst. And um, they've had a couple of heartbreakers back-to-back. But tomorrow they play Illinois. We're recording this Monday. That could be like a season changer. Like if they go yeah. into Champaign, beat Illinois at Illinois, like that's – it's like, all right, we're back on track now. You know what I mean? One thing I always say about Syracuse that the 2-3 is going to give them a chance in every single game they play. Literally every um, game. Every game you play – that's one. Mm-hmm. That's the one genius about Bayheim is that every single game you play, you're gonna have a chance because the two-three zone. I think they're more athletic this year. I think they're maybe not as, as good as we were scoring the basketball, but they're gonna be able to stay in the game, be competitive, mm-hmm. ha- have a chance in every single game because the way they defend, the way they the, the way they rebound. Jesse with 21 rebounds last game. Yeah, that was like, crazy. I like. I'm I'm just I'm just excited. Obviously, Illinois is a great opponent. They're a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not saying that Syracuse could go in, go in there and beat them easily. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. Yeah, I, I think when you when you have a Hall of Famer on your side, you have uh, the, the the defense. I, I I've been impressed with the defense. I've been impressed yeah, with the defense it's so been far. Good. Um, I just I just think that I think we have a chance. I think we have a chance to surprise some people too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to predict a win. I'm going to go on record. I'm predicting Orange seventy six. Illini, 68. Wow. I, I would prediction. be ecstatic. Yeah. I would be ecstatic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, like I said, it's just like frustrating for those guys, but they'll be fine. I don't think me or you are very concerned about uh, I'm gonna like, go. Yeah. I'm, I'm go going to go on a hot take here. I think I get more nervous now than I did last year going into games. Really? Like before games? Yeah, because it's helpless. No, it's like about, not. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. I always had like this like weird confidence, even when, even when we were losing and stuff like that. This weird confidence about our team last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, being. But I don't. Now it's like just, a fan. I, I just get is, so ner- is way different. Yeah. It's, it's the worst. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. It's the best, but yeah. it's the worst. Yeah, you get so excited for the games, but like the other day. That floater dropping in is just the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it just makes ba- you depressed. Basketball is such a funny, basketball is such a funny game, man. It's the bounces, you know what I mean? You can go either yeah. way, but that's what. But that's dude, what between between like, last year and this year with that shot, it's like 
there's so many instances you could point to where I feel like any other team in the country that probably bounces a couple more times and rolls off, but Cuse is just like another one of those where it's like, God damn it, like we had the game one and then that bounce just goes in the hoop. It's so frustrating. Well, it's, all, it's also like, it's like, Coach Beheim, you've been so dom- dominant for so long. Like, yeah. Like, he's seen every type of game. And Literally. I, like, I remember he said to us last year, like, at the beginning of the year, he's like, in my 46 years, I've seen everything. And then last year, he was like, I, di- I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like 10 games where it's like, God, yeah. like, how did that happen? He's like, I've Just never like, seen a team be so unlucky before. Unlucky bounces, <laughs> like, so you're like, all right, well, that happened once. So, like, there's no way it happens, like, a couple games in a row. And then it just yeah. just would. So frustrating. Yeah. But, yeah, we could talk about that all night. Hey, but, gonna Patty, after uh, Feast Week, who, who have you been impressed with in college basketball so far? Uh, Houston. I know that's a boring answer because um, – They're the number one team in the country. They're the number one team in the country. But I was very impressed by them. Also um, – I was going to say, oh, Purdue, didn't they beat Duke by, like, 20? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Kansas is obviously good again. They got kind of smoked in Atlantis. But um, Atlantis always has a good field. I mean, we were there last year. but la- la- Last year's field was <laughs> – Yeah. It was cut. It was cutthroat, man. I mean – Yeah, it was stacked. I thought – I think Arizona State beat Arizona. Like, Arizona State went 0-3 out of that tournament, and they go around it. And beat like a top five team, like yeah, next no, week or something like that. They beat uh, UCLA, didn't they? Later on in the year. Yeah, they, I think they had so a couple. One of them. Yeah, yeah, good wins. They went on like a five game win streak. Like, mm-hmm. like that that field last year was just unreal in terms of just the the, the level of talent um, mm-hmm. in that field. And I thought I thought Atlantis was obviously really good this year, but I thought PK eighty or eighty five. Yeah, um, PKI. Yeah, PKI. Uh, that was another really good tournament. Like, yeah. How about uh, how about Portland? Did you yeah. watch their games or no? They're like legitimately good. No, I I love watching them play. Yeah, uh, they, they they play the right way. Uh, yeah, they, they they took out my boys. They took out my boys one game. Yeah, I was gonna. But, uh, I didn't want to bring up bad blood there, but uh, <laughs> they did beat <laughs> they took, Nova. They took out my boys one game, and um, yeah, man, it's 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 a part of college basketball. Like we, yeah, Syracuse lost to Colgate. We lost to Colgate last year. Yeah. Like, Th- those those teams are, are dangerous, and uh, I just think it's it's mm-hmm. the way college basketball is now, the way, like how good coaches are, how how good these programs are, the transfer portal, you can get good really quickly, and, mm-hmm. the, and those teams like Colgate and Portland, like especially in these early season games, the transfer portal can be a blessing and a curse, right? Portland's probably yeah. had these guys playing together for three years. Colgate has these guys playing together for four years, and then you're you're trying to get your team together after the transfer portal. And then, the, then these teams who've been playing against like six years, months, catch yeah, yeah, it's definitely we mentioned it before on the podcast, but there's just like a ton of really good basketball players in the, in the country. That sounds like really simple to say, but Portland, like, I mean, they beat Nova by what twelve? They yeah. very easily could have beat UNC, and then they they're right, State. yeah, right in the game against Michigan State. So, Speak, speaking know. about a bounce. Speaking about bounce, Portland what? didn't get that bounce against Michigan State. Oh, I didn't see the end of that game. What happened? Oh, yeah, a, a missed, a missed layup. A happened. missed layup. Oh, really? It, it, it was that. a t- it was a tough it was a tough contested layup. Yeah, it was, it was a layup. Yeah. How about some Portland talk on the pod? Didn't see that coming. Yeah. We got a strong yeah. contingency out there. 
So the th- Portland fans will be thrilled. What were you yeah, going to say? I, I think the team that's impressed me the most has been UConn so far. I mean, obviously. Really? Yeah, don't want to be a, like, not, not Traitor a Traitor for the fan. Big East? Yeah. yeah not, not a UConn <laughs> fan. Uh, uh-huh. Syracuse guy. Syracuse through and through. I bleed orange. Um, but UConn's been impressive, man. I, I remember um, Donovan Klingon came on a visit last year. And, and he's been playing. Yeah, really, he came on a visit to Syracuse. And he's been playing really mm-hmm. well for UConn. He he won yeah. the uh, he, he won the MVP of the PKI. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, man, I, I'm really impressed with them. They they have mo- they have a really deep bench. They have a uh, they have shooting. They have mm-hmm. really good defensively. They they have a Adama Sonogo is probably the best player in the Big East right now since Justin Moore is hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so really impressed with them as well. Yeah, that's um. I don't know. That. I always like watching them play. It's such like a, a physical style that they play. It's like guys just like playing their ass off all the time, which is yeah, probably because yeah. of Hurley, I guess. Yeah, Hurley, but, Hurley's a great coach. Great yeah. coach, and it, he has a great staff. They, they put together obviously a really good roster. I mean, they mm-hmm. have like se- they have like seven transfers last year, so to be able to put that roster together quick and that, that I mean they they won almost every single game by twenty. Yeah. In the in the tournament too. Yeah, they're nice. Um, but pivoting to. NBA talk in general. LeBron's back on the court. Yep. Played very well. Was that was that Saturday night? Yeah. Um, that was a pretty entertaining game. What was it, like 145 to 138 or something? LeBron yeah. just easy 39 and 11 when he gets back. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I saw him today, and, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm usually not like this, but I'm, I'm such a LeBron fan, you know what I mean? He, yeah. He put his hand out, I dapped him up. I was like, King's back. Yeah. <laughs> Just, he is. Oh, what he said? Did, he, did you get a laugh? Nice. A little, a little chuckle. A little laugh. Yeah. A little yeah. chuckle. He was like, "Yes, yeah. sir." Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, like he—he's unbelievable. Awesome. He, he's out there getting shots up before anyone today in the weight room early. Like he's—he's mm-hmm. a—he's a worker, ultimate professional. Mm-hmm. Um, in there watching film, making sure every every guy knows who. Since we're playing Indiana tonight, like every guy knows who is who. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I know I know I've talked a lot about LeBron and, and obviously yeah, him being my favorite player, but he he just brings the he's yeah. opens up my eyes to so many new things every single time I'm around him. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I love those those little uh, like anecdotes when you say that. But um, AD is also Schroeder said, um, and I think it was an interview either today or yesterday. It's like he's today, yeah, yeah, he's been the best player in the world for the last like two weeks it's probably just true like he's averaging i don't know what 30 and 17 the rebounding think, numbers are crazy yeah i think one thing about ad that people forget about is he's been he's been dealing with such a such a tough stretch of injuries these past couple yeah. of years that he hasn't been able to come like work out a whole entire summer so he worked out this whole entire summer we gotta think about it he's still He's still rehabbing these injuries, yeah. So he's ne- like, there's a you know you know this as a basketball player. There's in shape and then there's game in shape. Game shape, yeah. So he's working himself into game shape, and now mm-hmm. he's hit a point in the season where he's like, all right, like now I'm in shape. Now now I feel good. I've got my rhythm. I've done all these things. Yeah. I'm putting the work. I'm I'm getting into my schedule every single day. So now he's just like the level yeah, he's been playing like- at has been unbelievable. And then I mean that that's obviously obviously the 
he's hit his peak. Our team's gotten better. We have Dennis and, and Thomas back. There's a lot of different factors for why we're winning, but he's got to be the number one reason why. Ron yeah. Kind of won five out of the last six. Yeah, you could tell he's not uh, like holding anything back at all. Now. You know what I mean? Like he's just fully healthy. Yeah, it looks great. It looks great. Shockingly, that helps. Yeah. You're able to just like be healthy. Having but, a top five player in the world yeah. healthy is, is definitely uh, yeah definitely good 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 for the franchise. Yeah, yeah. The last what's this one two three seven games. These are his rebounding numbers: 14, 18, 16, 18, 21, 15. Ridiculous. That's not bad. It's not yeah, bad. it's not bad at all. 24, 37, 38, 30, 37, 25. Those were his points and numbers. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, what, five, six? Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, obviously, like him not playing last game and us winning is, is, is a good indicator as well. It's a good yeah, sign. The team's, yeah. getting, the team, team's right. getting better. Uh, we, we're able to win a game with with him and LeBron. Like him and LeBron only play one game together, but like we're able to win a game with one of those guys sitting. Like there's gonna be points yeah. in the season where we're gonna have to win those games when those guys are sitting or those guys mm-hmm. are, like need a rest day. These these guys have a nagging injury. It's like all right, like we have three days off after this game. Like, like if I can sit this game, that's four days off, and I'm able to. You know what I mean? So yeah. And obviously, obviously with the whole uh, Pat Bev situation too, it was, it was great to kind of have a streak yeah. wins without a starter. Yeah, definitely. That was uh, – I don't know if you want to talk about that, but Pat Bev doing that was sweet. Well, I, I just think Pat Bev is such an ultimate team guy. Yeah. I mean? and, and seeing – I'm not trying to talk bad on any NBA players, but just seeing Devin Booker and DeAndre in, like, stepping over my guy, Austin Reeves. Who's yeah. Fr- friend of the podcast. Yeah, our guy. Our guy. Austin Reeves. Like, our guy, Austin Reeves. Yeah. It was just like it felt like such a coward move. Yeah. Um, and I talked to Pat today. He was like, "I'm, I'm not gonna let that slide." Yeah. So, so just ultimate competitor. He the <laughs> Pat Pat's in the freaking in the in the so so he's not playing right now. So he's he's in right. the pregame like the guys who aren't scheduled to play. In the NBA, there's a schedule of minutes of, of guys who are supposed to play. What's gonna what's gonna happen yeah. in the game? Um, that they know when they're. Usually when they're getting checked in the first quarter, um, mm-hmm. so <laughs> Pat's in the play group today for the guys who aren't scheduled to play. Not not meaning that they're not going to play; it's just they're not scheduled to play. Yeah, Pat's in the play group today, causing a havoc. Really, just diving on the floor, talking crap, <laughs> like, yeah. making sure everyone knows his like his presence is felt, which yeah. is the mo- most Pat Bev thing that I can think of. Yeah, that's why he's there. Um, but. I think the best part of the video is, like, he, he pushes Aiden, and then he stand there. Like, you could tell in scenarios when guys, like, want to fight and when they're kind of just, like, I don't know, like when Doug Eater just, like, sprints away, like, he clearly didn't want to fight. But <laughs> Pep was, like, he was, like, come on, like, if any of you try and fight me, like, I'm really, really, really about it. So yeah. that was, like, the best part. But I, I, um, I, think, the be- yeah. I think the best quote of the season right, right now is, like, I'm a foxhole guy. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean he is. Guy. Yeah, he 100 percent is. Really, really excited for this week's guest, my man Devin Kennedy. So, uh, welcome Devin. Welcome to the Sweater Show. Appreciate you, man. I've been I've been hearing good things. So I'm excited to join. Obviously, uh, Devin has his own po- podcast called uh, the Run Your Own Race Podcast. Um, very, very popular podcast. Uh, definitely up on the rise, along with the Sweater Show. Um, yep. So first of all, I mean, Patty just asked you so fair. What kind of made you get into the podcast game? 
You know, for me, um, the last year when I went through my injury, um, I was more open to kind of like sharing my story. I did a small little docu-series on YouTube. Uh, obviously, run your own race. It's kind of like my motto, my mindset coming into um, being a pro. And I think it gave me a lot of peace, um, really just kind of diving in on my story, the, the highs and the lows. And so my, my manager and I basically were just like, we found a lot of success and peace sharing our stories. How cool would it be, obviously, to hear from other people um, across different industries, sports, um, business, you know, the whole nine, regardless of what the sport was, and, and hear how kind of they, they run their own race. And just hearing those stories to inspire and motivate, and that's really kind of what I'm here to do, I feel like. It's one of my, my driving forces is, you know, someone who wasn't supposed to be here, yeah. literally in the NBA or at this level, uh, who continues to, to climb and yeah. to, to fight. And I just want to hear the stories from other people. So hopefully maybe we'll be hearing about the Cole Swider story <laughs> here soon. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Yeah. I, I've obviously been around you for, what, a month now, a month and a half. Yeah. And just being around you, your presence every single day, you can just see, like, the, the you've been battle-tested, you're running your own race, you're not afraid to miss shots you're not afraid to make six in a row you know what i mean like yeah. like one of those things is just like just the everyday grind i mean i've just i've just really been uh, appreciative to kind of see you go through it and obviously i mean being two of the best shooters in the world i hear I, you I, I, I can say that <laughs> confidently patty i agree two burners yeah two burners it's just one of those things where it's like you know what i mean you go through it and running your own race is truly a perfect uh perfect motto for for a podcast for real yeah uh, real quick, I gotta out myself here. I was I was a little bit I was about two three minutes late. That's unlike me, Swider, for the podcast game. Maybe in other games, but uh, we are doing a home and home here. At least that's the plan. Where Devin comes on our podcast, Swider goes on his podcast. So, Devin, if you want to uh, give a quick plug to where they could find the Run Your Own Race podcast, when Swider comes on your podcast, you could do the same for us. <laughs> I like that subtle plug there. I like that subtle plug. I had a yep. we, we've got our our full season one already booked, but we'll get Cole on to season two. Oh no uh, way! No, but yeah, the Run Your Race podcast, uh, primarily on YouTube. That's where the the video formats at, and then most of your uh, streaming platforms, um, Spotify, Apple, your regular podcast apps, um, and yeah, that's the Run Your Race podcast. I actually came up with. The, the model, I mean, you've, you've heard run your own race. You know, yeah. People say that kind of in passing or talking about just like, you know, owning your own journey. Um, but when I went undrafted on draft night 2019 um, and then got a call from my agent to go to summer league with the Thunder, uh, I mean, I was, there was a lot of mixed emotions. I, I was thinking I could have fallen to Brooklyn at 58, um, but obviously went undrafted and basically was like, look, I'm excited for this opportunity and put a hashtag run your own race. And it kind of just like, came to me in that moment yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. been really the driving force you know the, the model that i go by i've started my own company and part of the podcast is just kind of getting into the media game um I, I mean my my big vision is to eventually have my own media company where we can start actually wow. sharing these stories at a high level um via documentaries docu-series short stories and you know possibly selling those off to some some bigger companies but right now just getting into that media space via the podcast i think it like you said it's telling i mean in these stories there's so many people who have unique stories you see them at the top i mean when cole's out here hitting game winners and you know breaking three-point records for the lakers they're gonna see him there but they won't know that story um and all it took you know the injury his rookie year you know so 
100%. That's what the story is about. And so, yeah, when we have Cole on in season two, when we're in person um, doing the interviews, Perfect. we'll plug we'll plug the pod. Yeah, hell yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, if you get the uh, if you get a, a podcast network on that that brand, then you know maybe we could strike a deal in the future. <laughs> it's be a high paying deal though, kids. There we go. Yep, yep. They can't lower. Yeah, our price is high. Our price is real high. Us, um, but yeah, man. Obviously. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. But just just getting going, like just talk about your early basketball life. What made you fall in love with the game? Um, did you have a parent that kind of influenced you to play the game? And and uh, what, what kind of sparked that love? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up playing basically all sport. I'm from a small town in Indiana. Uh, I was the first first born in my family. Um, my mom was an elite swimmer in high school. Um, she was athletic. My dad. He actually, my parents had me when he was a sophomore in college, um, and he went to a small kind of like Catholic Christian college where if you weren't married and had a child out of wedlock, you actually get expelled. Wow. And so he, he got kicked out of school, basically, you know, having me, my mom had me at a pretty young age. And so they pretty much put all their, their energy into me, and the best way they probably knew how was through sports. My dad was 24 at the time, so if you can think about it, like, yeah. having a kid at this time yeah, it's one of us if I had a two year old <laughs> child like they're gonna be around basketball and what I love um, and so that was really it he was playing three on three tournaments yeah. um, like out, outdoors he'd be at the, the the men's leagues and I was just around the game and I, obviously I played multiple sports I played quarterback four years through high school wow. and loved it but there was nothing like that love for basketball and the, the love that my dad and I shared so that's really what got me into basketball um, so being from Indiana, it's pretty well documented how big of a basketball state that is and kind of the culture that's um, definitely pretty prevalent there. So were you real influenced by that? And maybe for listeners who – it seems like it's one of those things where it's like if you don't know, you just don't know. So um, do you have a story or guys that you looked up to from the area and kind of like how much does it mean to you to be another guy that kids from Indiana can now look at where it's such a high basketball pedigree and now they're – looking at you and kind of almost like looking at you as like a blueprint to get to where you are now. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I think I think if anyone's a basketball fan, um, you obviously you watch Space Jam, you watch Coach Carter, and if you haven't seen the movie Hoosiers, you, you, you should. It's, yeah. a, it's a classic. And I actually, you know, growing up in Indiana playing Indiana high school basketball, I didn't watch Hoosiers until my, my senior year of high school, wow. uh, which is just something crazy. Um, but it really was like growing up in Indiana, every, like everywhere you drive, and, and most of the time you're like passing through small towns, cornfields, but like there's a hoop almost at every house, yeah. like every single house. And I don't know if that's common everywhere, but in Indiana it's just, it's different. Um, I mean, I've seen, I've seen high school arenas in Indiana that host 10,000 people and they'll, they'll sell out on Friday nights against like the crosstown rival. Um, whereas in, in college, I don't think any home game at Princeton had more than 4,000 fans. <laughs> so, like, I came from a place where a Friday night in a small town, you can pack it out, and, and that's just, there's there's nothing like it. Um, and your point, kind of being someone who, who would I look up to, I remember being at these tournaments. Uh, it's called Spice Field House in Fort Wayne, Indi- Indiana. And, I mean, there's eight courts, and on the main court, there was an Indy Spice team of – Greg Oden, Mike Conley, uh, Daquan Cook, all from the same high school, playing on the same AU team. I remember being like, 
eight, nine, ten years old and looking at these dudes throwing lobs, dunking. I'm like, man, I would love to play for that team. And like, I end up playing for Spies. Still was not really recruited heavily. No one really looked at me like, yo, they've got Devin Kennedy. It was just like, all right, this this little shooter out here, you know, probably go mid major and whatever. But I mean, to think now that I'm one of those guys that's that's touched the NBA, that's obviously still fighting to get back into the NBA, um, and and kind of go down as one of those people in Indiana to make it to the league is pretty special. Uh, real quick, if you put Jimmy Chitwood in a 2021-22 basketball game, what, what do you think his stats look like? <laughs> Jimmy Chitwood? <laughs> I mean, whatever... That's the guy in, what, that's whatever, the guy in Hoosier. Whatever Buddy Boeheim's doing is, is, is wow. what uh, Jimmy <laughs> would do. So there, there's a little uh, Buddy Boeheim shout-out. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Indiana high school basketball just seems to me like... It's like Texas high school football, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's one of those things where yeah. you, like, you just... As a basketball fan, you know, obviously watching Hoosiers and everything like that. But kind of going into that, what made you choose your high school? Um, obviously, Indiana, you probably could have gone to a bunch of different type of high schools. And um, if that's La, I don't even know if La Lumiere was a big program at the time. But but yeah, just kind of go into what what made you choose your high school. No, I think for me, I mean, it was actually kind of controversial at the time. Um, I mean, I was I went to public school my whole uh, K through eight. Yep. Uh, I was gonna basically do what everyone in the public system does and go to the public high school, Mishawaka High School. Um, but at the time, it was like a voucher program where if you're like under a certain guideline for you know finances with your family, you can pretty much choose any school in the area. And for me, it wasn't anything to do with basketball, particularly. It was like my parents constantly hammering home education and obviously graduating. My parents didn't graduate from college for one reason or another. Um, and so they were like, I want to put you on the best path possible to obviously play athletics, but get a good education. And that's when I went to um, basically the private school, Marion High School, um, which at the time had a, a star in the state. I don't know if you guys know, Demetrius Jackson, who had a great oh, career man. at Notre yep. Dame and then got drafted by Boston Celtics. He was nice. I mean, so. He's a Sixers guy for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Demetrius yeah. and I basically played at, at Marion for two years together, had a really good run. Obviously, he got drafted. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was really kind of an education thing. But but Marion, we ended up putting Marion on the map, and they've pretty much been a dynasty ever since. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Go ahead. So I mean, you're you're mentioning education being being a big thing in your life, and kind of like basing a lot of decisions for your high school on that, and then you end up going to Princeton, which I mean, if you're making education a priority in life, it doesn't get much better than than Princeton. So. I guess just to sort of not fast forward through the rest of your high school career, but I guess sort of, um, you know, how much did that mean to you if, if you're looking at basketball as a vehicle to, to get to somewhere that's a real high ed- education, you could get a good degree, you end up in the Ivy League, you end up at Princeton. How much did that mean to you when you kind of received that offer and ultimately end up going there? Well, I can kind of sum up my high school career with the Princeton decision and you know, I played, like I said, football all four years. I had offers to go to Air Force, Navy for football, option quarterback. And at the time, like my junior year, I was considering it because I really wasn't getting heavily recruited in basketball. And then mm-hmm. junior year going into senior year, I wouldn't say I blew up, but every mid-major school basically offered, but no high majors pulled the trigger. It was the classic, like, you're not a true point guard and you're too small to be a two guard. Yeah. But it's yeah. like... In my mind, I was like, well, I'm, I'm killing everyone who's supposed to be your traditional point guard. And I'm killing everyone who's supposed to be your traditional two guard. So what do I have to do? Um, 
I mean, I wanted to go to Notre Dame. Obviously, it was close to home. Demetrius was there. Um, yep. Any in-state school, Purdue, Butler, Indiana really didn't recruit me heavily. And then Michigan was interested. Um, but the day they wanted me to go to elite camp was the same day as SAT. And Princeton had been in the mix. And so to your point about education, I'm like, man, let's say I do go to Michigan. I get an offer. What do I do? Come off the bench for two years and then play yep. maybe like with transfers. Like, I don't know. Like, let me just do this SAT. Either my score is going to be good enough or they're not. And they were good enough. So it really came down to, okay, I still have this ultimate goal of playing in the NBA. And it wasn't necessarily an education decision, but it was like, if I'm not going high major and I'm probably going to stay four years somewhere, I might as well go to Princeton and mm-hmm. and take on that challenge academically as well as whatever it's going to entail right. to, to pursue my dream. And so that's really how Princeton became like the top decision for me so going back to that recruiting process obviously we've talked before and you said basically you chose between ohio and princeton yeah talk about the basketball aspect of that decision um and and maybe what 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 each coach envisioned you as um positionally because obviously in in the league now you're a you're you're a combo but i would say you're you're an elite shooter elite floor spacer uh a person say that again (laughs) elite floor spacer (laughs) there we go Um, yep but, but yeah, that, that's what you're known as. You're known as more of like a Patty Mills guy instead yeah. of uh, a Kyrie, a traditional point guard. Yeah, yeah. So, so t- kind of talk about that decision from the basketball standpoint. Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is, like, in high school, I was more a traditional combo because I would bring the ball up. I could be a decision maker. I'd be a playmaker. And I could score on the ball. I could score off the ball. Um, I'm basically between Ohio University, uh, Saul Phillips, Jason Kemp, were like family to me during the recruiting process. It wasn't obviously like coming from Indiana. You're not trying to go to Ohio, <laughs> you know. Like the Bob, I didn't, I didn't know what Ohio Bobcats were at the time. And and then they obviously recruited me. I went on a visit, and basketball wise was like you're coming in as a freshman, and we're basically giving you the keys. We have like an elite big, uh, some some good wings, but as a freshman, we're throwing you in the fire. You're gonna be in pick and rolls left and right, ISO situations. <laughs> Uh, they're like, we want you to average 20 and 10, like as a freshman. Like we, we see you having that trajectory all four years, get you to the league, hopefully in three. So it's kind of like a CJ McCollum type situation yeah. at Ohio, which was tempting. And it's like, man, like, is this what I want? Like, do I just want to go all in on basketball and make that the primary decision? Whereas Princeton, I go on the visit and they're talking about what presidents went here, what what basketball alums made it to the NBA and also are the president of the Knicks and in the front office of this NBA team who had good careers but more so had to basically play in the Princeton-style offense and find their way. And the the long-term vision outweighed the three-year, you're getting the ball in your hands decision. So that's where Princeton obviously ended up being the final factor was the, the long-term view. Um, but you had to make some sacrifices in basketball. And that's really when me passing, getting off the ball, spacing the floor, really making the right reads, obviously being an elite shooter, being extremely efficient um, was gonna be my calling card. And that's kind of been the, the mold that I've taken to get to the NBA. Um, and obviously being close to sticking and now trying to claw back is, is okay. Let's, let's clean up some of the things that may be weaknesses, defense, 
prime, being a primary ball handler, but obviously keeping your, your main skill the main skill through the highs and lows, which clearly has happened. So. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, that's an incredibly mature like way of thinking about a college decision. I feel like not many kids would would opt for that with the Ohio decision. That's seventeen years like, old. Like being the best. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. And, and the best thing is like having having a strong support system. Again, both my parents didn't graduate college, so for them also is like, look, if you believe in yourself, like you can make it anywhere. And like, mm-hmm. how would you feel if you could go to either school and make it to the NBA? And it's like, damn, like if I can make it to the NBA. The Princeton route, I would probably be more fulfilled. So, obviously, I didn't know if it would happen or not, and clearly, it's worked out in my favor up to this mm-hmm. point. Um, but yeah, definitely needed a, a strong support system to help make that decision. Um, talk about the adjustment to college. Obviously, you're not only going to playing Division One basketball, um, and Princeton is known for playing a hard non-conference schedule. Start, starting off, you're playing as a freshman. To obviously now you're having to to balance both the academic prowess of, of Princeton and the basketball, where you guys played at a high level. And it's a high, it's it's a system you have to learn too. Yeah. Talk about the adjustment to co- to college basketball because I know for me it was it was the biggest adjustment of my life. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, dude. The, fir- the freshman fall was like it was like do or die. And obviously, take basketball out of the equation. You're taking you're taking your classes, your history, sociology, econ, politics to kind of figure out what you want to pursue as a major. And I mean, I'm gonna be honest. History, I got a D. Econ, I got a C minus. Politics was a B, social was an A plus. I mean, social was easy, and I know being a social major, but at the time you're getting a D plus, a C minus. Your classmates are talking about how easy the courses are, <laughs> and I'm calling home like, "Yo, transfer portal." I'm looking at Georgetown. I'm looking, I'm literally talking to my AAU coach like, "What school can we go to and sit out and, wow. and have a career?" Like that's that was the mindset, and that had nothing to do with. The other side of the, the the coin, which was the basketball side, and it's basketball. like I'm I'm coming in trying to kind of get in my bag, and they're stopping practice, blowing the whistle, like, no, you pass and you fucking cut, like <laughs> you space and you <laughs> and you stop trying to get towards the ball, and so, I mean, I remember my coach like getting <laughs> getting into me where it was like, Devin thinks he's a prima donna, he thinks he's the chosen one, he thinks he's coming here to save the city. And I'm like, well, that's what you said I should do, like <laughs> you recruited me to do this, but it's it's a it's a rude awakening on both sides of the coin. Um, I mean, I'm glad I had really a strong support cast from my seniors on that team to really guide me and take me under the wing and be like, look, part of Princeton is like, you can't be successful on the court if you're not successful in the classroom. Like, if you have to go to the go to tutors and get work done up till 2 a.m., and that's what it ended up being, like, literally my whole career. Like, you had to really make sacrifices to get the schoolwork done. Even if, and they say C's get degrees, so, like, just get it done you know, do the work, and, you know, I ended up being successful later on in, in the on the yeah. academic side, but that was definitely the biggest transition, and then once you kind of take care of that, the basketball stuff will, will start figuring it out. You find confidence as a freshman, I hit mean, a game winner. I mean, we ended up being close to, to making it to the tournament, ended up playing the NIT, um, but yeah, I mean, that adjustment, I, I wanted to leave for sure after the first semester, but I thugged it out, we got the degree, and I mean... <laughs> Definitely yeah. wasn't. Easy. I mean, hey man, that's that's a that's a Princeton C or a Princeton D plus. That's not like your average D plus. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like eight minus. <laughs> it's like a D, D plus. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one thing, when me and Swatter were preparing, we so we actually already taped the the first like half hour of the show. And one thing we talked about was uh, college basketball. You look around recent weeks. There's been a lot of like upsets. People call them where 
an Ivy League school or like Portland is one that we mentioned. Um, I mean, we, we won't bring up Patriot League and Bryant beating Cuse, but... Wow. Yeah, we can cut that. <laughs> as some guy, I mean, as someone who played at that level, how much more do those games mean to, to you guys going into there? And I mean, I like in looking, I think it was your junior year, um, you guys beat, or senior year, you guys beat Arizona State. You're the leading scorer in that game. Like, do you go into that game with the chip on your shoulder? Because you're like... Listen, you guys could have recruited me. I'm as better, I'm as good or better than anyone else on the court. So, what's kind of the mindset of, of the lower, not, I guess the lower, the mid major school going into the like a high major arena and, and playing them? Yeah, no, being being the mid major, I mean, you have there's no pressure on you. Yeah, You're supposed to lose, right? And so for me, uh, I feel like my teammates, I mean, we can go back to. My sophomore year in the tournament, going going into the tournament on a 17-game winning streak, being the classic 12 seed, and for me, going up against Notre Dame, Notre the Dame, school that yeah. I wanted to go to. Like, for me, that I let the moment get too big. I, I basically laid an egg that game. Like, I was so nervous, jittery, I had anxiety. I'm looking on the sideline. I'm like, that coach didn't recruit me. That coach didn't I'm better than him. I'm better than him. <laughs> Um, and I, I mean that that was a, one of my worst games. I wish I, I, I think I went into it like, I'm gonna be Steph Curry and hit ten threes in the tournament, knock out the team that I was supposed to, go, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so there's that that side of the coin where you kind of come in with that mentality that, man, I should have been recruited, and you kind of let the moment get too big. But at the same time, against like Arizona State, that team my senior year, uh, you know, was was special in that like we we knew we were good. And we didn't look at ourselves as we're the underdog. We just came and said, yeah. no one can hang with us, uh, except for Duke, who beat us by 50, literally, <laughs> a week before that. Yeah, I was, was going to bring that up, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, being, <laughs> the, being the being the mid-major team, going into those schools, like, the environments are amazing. It's not like our home games at Princeton. Um, they mean a lot, and, and obviously to get a win just means a lot for the league more so than even your, your own self. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um Obviously, you have a great career at Princeton. Um, kind of talk about like that evolution you took from your freshman year to sophomore year, that sophomore year to junior. Year. Like, what what was that? What was the biggest jump that you saw in yourself, and what was the skill that that you saw yourself mastering within your Princeton college career? Yeah, I think every year I definitely matured, and I think throughout college you you find yourself maturing physically. The game gets slower. Um, you know, I think as a freshman. You know, when you're playing like the Maryland's, the Mellow Trimbles of the world, like yeah. who was an elite point guard, um, I mean, you look at these guys like, man, like, will I ever get to that level where the game is just so easy? Um, but each year, I think, like you said, physically, it's, it's one thing in the offseason, just, just committing to your body and then um, having that year of experience or two years of experience and, and applying it. In the Princeton offense, there's not much creativity you can do, but like, I would find myself, if we're in transition, <laughs> and I'm three, four, five feet off the line and I have a shot, like I'm confidently taking it because you start gaining a rapport with your coaches yeah. and your team. So I'd say my game just started expanding a little bit. Um, obviously just knew the system better um, and kind of bought more so into the team style of play. And in college, I think regardless where you're at, like once you really buy into the team, the system, yeah. um, and kind of put winning above yourself, that's when you actually find more success as an individual. For sure, that was the. I mean, I went to Villanova for three years, and that was the. That that's what was communicated to us all the time. It was like, yeah. like you guys 
are going to be in our system, you're going to jump stop, you're going to do all these things. And I think what made the great players great there is that they were able to do those things, they were able to master those things, and then they were able to play off of uh, those skills. And, and then once they got to the NBA, they were able to adjust. Sadiq yeah. Bay, Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson, yeah. like all, all these guys were able to, Josh Hart, were able to, to have these skills, do, do everything you need to do to play at Villanova, defend, switch one through five, and then go to the NBA and totally reinvent your game again. Yeah. So I, I, I've, I have total empathy for, <laughs> for seeing sure. see you guys play. You know, yeah. I've seen how, just because we play Penn every single year, and it's kind of, not similar to you guys. I mean, they ran, they ran it through A.J. Brodeur when yeah. I was there. Yeah. But Nice. Just, I used yeah. to see him at uh, an on-campus bar all the time. My where I went, where I played undergrad was connected to Penn's campus. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah man. So yeah. So <laughs> no, we go on. We I, had some I, good rivalries rivalries with those guys. Oh, so. I, I yeah, I know all those guys. Not personally, but it's the same type of thing. I didn't get recruited so I, by them, so I followed them pretty closely. <laughs> but uh, to that point that you guys were just talking about, how hard is it when now you're you graduate from Princeton? Swire, you said you go from Villanova. How hard is it for you individually? All those guys had success before you, but did you kind of struggle with? Because now your your NBA skill, both of you guys at shooting, and Devin, you're playing the one, and you had the ball a lot. Swatter, I mean, you were like doing more within your game last year at Syracuse than like your NBA skill is shooting. So was it kind of hard to go back into that mindset of now your role is sort of changing again, and you're preparing for the NBA and like you go from you know the best player on your team, and now it's like I have to, I don't know, like change my workouts, kind of change my mindset back to maybe something that was before your college system. So I think, and I think Cole hit it on the head with with a couple of those Villanova guys. It's like, how did you take what you had to learn and buy into uh, to have team success at the college level, and now you're not really you're not really buying into necessarily the team the team concept when you're you're really trying to get paid you're trying to get paid you're trying to get to the next yep. job you're trying to get obviously money for your family at the end of the day like that's what everyone here is doing their own individual journey and then you bring guys from all walks of life together and once you're here it's like okay what do we have to do now as this unit of 10 random people from different backgrounds <laughs> situations and and when and we actually had a team meeting, um, what was it, in Santa Cruz? Uh, yeah, Santa, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, where it was like, we were on a three-game losing streak, and it's like, yo, let's just sit down as a group, and let's talk about where we're all coming from, what year we're in. We have myself, who's in year four. We have a guy with, who's in year six. We have a bunch of rookies. Um, and everyone's trying to obviously make it to the NBA. I mean, you're not in the league yeah. just to be like, man, like I'm excited to just be here, <laughs> yeah. right? But like... It's kind of going uh, a roundabout to answer your question, but as you transfer, no, as you go from college to the pros, you have to figure out what, why are you playing, what do you want to get out of basketball, and how are you going to do it? And I think for us, the how is being elite floor spacers, knocking down the ball, you know, taking and making tough shots, but also, you know, like knowing when to get off it in space and, you know, help your team win. Um, so for me, my rookie year, I played 40 games in the G League with Long Island after being with Brooklyn for like three days at training camp. And it took me 35 games to figure it out. Like literally, I'm like, do I need to be a point guard? Turn the ball over. I couldn't defend a lick at all for the first 35 <laughs> games. Mm -hmm. I, I can guard a little bit better, but still it's, it's, you know, it's a challenge. But at the end of the day, it was like the last five games before the COVID kind of pandemic, I, I figured it out. 
and I knew when to make plays inside the three-point line. I knew when to, you know, just get off it. And I knew when to, you know, take and make shots. And so um, for me, it was like, wow, that's what's going to get me to the NBA. Doing a bunch of other stuff is cool. And maybe I'll score in the G League, 18 to 20. But that's going to be my cap. And I'll see myself overseas really soon, maybe with a good job. But I ultimately wouldn't reach the NBA trying to do a bunch of stuff that I'm not supposed to do in the NBA. And it took that whole COVID, you know, time where I actually wasn't able to play or even get five on five to anything to kind of just mentally prepare myself for what it's going to take for me to make it to the league. And thank God it did. And thank God I, I bought into that role. And I actually got called up. Granted, it was after winning a championship and a finals MVP, but it was like my least scoring season. I averaged 11 and a half or something in the, in the bubble, but I, I, pretty sure I showcased being a floor spacer making the right plays and it wasn't sexy it wasn't appealing it wasn't flashy but it's like I can put that guy on the floor with Marco Fultz and Vucevic and he'll space the floor Mm -hmm. and make the right play one of the things that I think is another one of your NBA skills your leadership you know what I mean Uh, you talk about make making winning MVP and and winning a G and winning the the championship in the bubble where did you kind of make that adjustment in your head of like all right like I'm, I'm a young guy, but I can still be a leader in my own right. And and while being a leader, I'm going to go up to this NBA team and be myself and be comfortable with myself and, and know my role, but at the same time be confident in my role. Because I think that's one uh, something that a lot of players struggle with, right, is that they're on the G League team, they're doing one thing. They go to the NBA team, they're doing another thing. Was it was as simple as that? Is that your role didn't change? Or was it, was it a lot of growth and maturity over the years? Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, it's like a blessing and a curse. Um, you know, my second year, I go to training camp with Orlando. Um, I have a great training camp. They had all 15 roster spots in both two ways already locked up. So I pretty much went in really hoping I could steal someone's job, yeah. but knowing that more, more than likely I was going to get waived and go to the G League. Um, but I remember when I had that exit interview with the front office and the head coach, and they were like kind of talking about the intangibles. Like, you know, you obviously shoot the, we know you can shoot the ball. Uh, we know you play with good energy. You have, you know, use your voice. But it's just like your ability to communicate and lead and know when to take a back seat, but still kind of like lift the team up, you know, you know, from the bottom pretty much is like th- that's invaluable. And like you need 15 men on the roster to be like that. I'm like, well, then why am I not the 15th man? Why am I going to the gym? But, but it's just knowing that, okay, like there is something that doesn't show up in a box score that these teams are evaluating and looking for. And so it's like, man, if I can be that, and that's kind of who I am naturally, just own that. Regardless who's on the team, regardless your role, if you're playing or not, like bring that energy um, because positive energy is really contagious, and that can actually uh, attribute to winning in the smallest of ways. So, I mean, it was it's always a transition. Even now, it was like I was with Orlando slash Lakeland for t- the majority of my career, and then last day of training camp, getting waved, and it was kind of like that final goodbye. It was like damn, I gave it my all, and I didn't really get necessarily like a fair shake at really getting NBA minutes, but it's like, that is who I am, and there's 30 teams out here. It could be Orlando on the back end, it could be another team, but it's like, I gotta keep owning who I am. And just to be like really just real, like I come in, Cole's like my shooter, and for six games, I have the worst shooting slump in the history of my, my career. Like I haven't shot this poorly, but it was like, all right, next one's going in. I'm going to still be positive. I'm trying to impact winning with my voice, my leadership on defense. And it's like, 
that stuff will actually carry you further than yeah. making or missing shots because you can't really control that. Yeah. So obviously you talk, you talked about your first year in, in Brooklyn a little bit, um, and then I, I mean you kind of skipped ahead. You know, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. But um, he's, a, he's a podcaster, Swatter. He's, he's, he's covering it all. Exactly where yeah. we're going. Yep. Where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly where we're going. <laughs> but, um, talk about the emotional side. Because I, I, think, I think a lot of times people forget, we, we talked about earlier, run your own race, like the, the story. That, but talk about the emotional side. Because me, me and you talked about how you thought you found a home on the land. You thought you found this next place where you were able to kind of take this next step in your career. Talk about the emotional side and talk about what, can you just tell us the story of what happened if, if it's not if it's not oh, too yeah, yeah. not too much because um, because you you were you were you were it seemed like bound to make that team yeah and then then you come here in South Bay and when I first met, meet him Patty it's like nothing ever happened he comes up with the greatest attitude in the world and then mm-hmm. kind of in our team meeting he talks about how hard it's been for him mm. so if, if you can if you, if you can yeah, talk about yeah yeah I'm not gonna try and cry on, on national television man I'm not trying to cry <laughs> on on the radio yeah. oh this is this is national TV yeah. <laughs> Nicole Swider show no yeah. but, with Run Your Own Race but at the end of the day man like yeah it was a it was a really tough situation and I think you know for me so I mean yeah just full transparency I'm going into the last preseason game in Orlando it's against the Cavs uh, it's October 14th, you know, you have to, rosters are due on the 17th, and I'm shooting 60% from the three-point line, like, I'm, I'm getting the scrub minutes at the end of the game, and I mean, I, you, me, kind of, Scotty talked about, what's it like being the 16, 17 guy, you know, fringe 15, um, and they're playing the main roster, let's say you're down 20, whatever, and they throw the last unit in with five minutes, like, how do you really make a mark? And I've pretty much made a 13 game career out of scrub minutes you know and, and being mm-hmm. efficient effective and be like damn we can count on him even in in, in the meaning meaning meaningless minutes excuse me um so i'm at camp and i'm having a great camp not getting much opportunity um last game comes and i'm having my last pregame nap getting my my mind ready expecting starters maybe to play limited minutes and this is your opportunity and i, I get woken up from a call from my agent and he's like hey you know how's everything like trying to like, play I'm like it's good I'm literally sleeping he's like okay um well can you kind of wake up like real quick I'm like what's going on man I'm, I'm hoping he's like dude you're, you're gonna make the roster like yeah, I wanted yeah. to go in with a sigh of relief it was not that call he was like look you know nothing's they're not making any trades they're not waving anybody the roster's pretty much set they're gonna wave you after the game and I'm like dude like, can't they just wave me now and, like, not have me go yeah, to the Yeah, I was going to say, like, playing the game is... And see everyone, yeah. like you said, coming in with, like, a smile on your face. Like, I had to really present this version of myself that nothing's happening. Like, I'm, I'm coming here to get a job, to keep my job, and knowing the whole time I'm about to get fired afterwards. So, I think that mindset pretty much transferred through my first month here in, in South Bay. Like, kind of this haziness of, like wow this is the reality like I gave my heart my soul everything I mean you talk about emotionally but like financially you're a non-guaranteed guy on April 10th at the end of the season and they expect you to be in market training having an NBA body like like nutrition wise and I basically bought an apartment for me my fiance we're living in Orlando 
This is every dime out of my pocket. Nothing guaranteed. Like I could get waived at any moment, but like they're not providing how. This is just part of being like 451. Like yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, like almost in, but not quite in. Um, and I mean, I just I, I I treated the whole summer as if I was on the team. I'm making the team. Um, they're gonna have to make a tough decision, and ultimately they went. I think with actually what was probably easiest was like this is the roster we have. Devin probably deserved the spot. But not enough to cut someone, pay them a couple millions of dollars. Like, not that he didn't earn it enough, right? Like, and that's really what it was. And so it was just tough to to deal with. And it's like you have to change and move on. I had deals overseas in the high six figures. Like, I'm like, am I ready to make that jump? I'm like, I was right there. You know, I'm gonna I'm come back to the G League where I found success and hopefully a, one of the other 29 teams sees the value and what I bring and you know but that's that's so you, you never know what that next step's gonna look like so I mean that was it was brutal I mean it was like actually like really dark that first week and had a tough time adjusting here in South Bay and and still figuring it out like what's my identity how to be myself on a new team new system new guys um, but that's that's the business and, and you gotta have a short memory and and keep going especially as shooters you yeah. know so yeah Going off of that, going it's actually a great segue into the next part of uh, the episode. But obviously, like I'm, I'm just very blessed and thankful to have you. Just kind of be like like an older presence of vet and everything like that. But obviously, we share, like Patty said, we share a, a a skill of shooting. Talk about obviously you're unbelievable moving off the ball. You, you've shown me a lot a lot of times. Just just me being six nine, you being six one. Six or, two. There we go. Six there two. we go. Um, we don't play barefoot. We don't play barefoot. <laughs> we don't play barefoot. Yeah. So. Um, oh, I love that. I've never heard anyone say that. This dude That's loves perfect. talking about height. For some I'm still on that. Yeah. Like, you're six nine. What are you doing talking about height, bro? If I'm six two, yeah. let me right. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we, our our games aren't exactly the same, but we we we, we pride ourselves on being on similar yeah. things. So, yeah. kind of talk about the art of shooting. What 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 gets you going? What why you love it? Um, and and just just how how you can be effective in the game as a shooter because you talk about being an elite floor spacer. Yeah, man. Well, I might have to bounce the question back to you and, and hear your thoughts. I mean, I'm always trying to. Get yeah, you go first, Water. Yeah, dude, let's let, hear it. Let's let's, let's hear from your perspective. Yeah. Coming into the league, <laughs> you know, I, I haven't really actually seen you play, yeah. and I'm excited to get this guy back on the floor. And I told him, I said, I don't expect you to be in the G League long. Yeah. Get healthy, come down here, get a rhythm and go knock down shots up top. Like, that's what I see for you. And, like, as a player who obviously is, is wants to be back in the NBA, like, yeah. having someone on a two-way younger than you shoot it, like, you could you could be salty and you could be like, man, like, I deserve a spot. Dude, like, that's not how I'm built. People yeah. are built like that, but that's not me. 100%. So, like, I want, to, yeah. I want to give as much knowledge as I can, take as much knowledge from you. We work on things and, like, seeing everyone be successful. Like, that's bare minimal. Like, for yeah. me, like, seeing other guys... And, and, and helping them in their journeys, like as they run their own race. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, talk to me just a little bit from your perspective, and I'll give you some. Swatter, hold on, Swatter, before you answer that, I don't know if we could have this guy on again. Yeah, I know. He's, he's, too he's good. better at this than we are. Yeah. <laughs> he's too good. He's been holding <laughs> He's too, yeah. Um, no, but go ahead. Well, well I, think, I think for me, just, just being a shooter, it, it entails a lot. You know what I mean? I, I think one of the things that they're always going to peg us is being as bad defenders. You know what I mean? Just being a shooter. E even though I am 6'9", I've gotten better laterally, I've done all these things, Like they're going to peg you as uh, as that being one of your weaknesses. So I think being able to, to get open shots, being able to move, being being good enough defensively that they can't take you off the floor, yeah. being, being defensive, 
But for me, the art of shooting is, is something I, I love. Like, just the everyday preparation. Like, one thing I try and tell people is, like, you can't be a good shooter if you don't work hard. And that's, like, a lot of God-given things are given, like, are given to people. Like, I'm not 7'1". I'm not with a long, no, you're six nine. I'm six nine, but, <laughs> but I'm not seven one. Really? You don't you don't have God given height. Like, that's what we're saying now, Swatter. What do you say? You don't have God given height. We're saying that. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm not seven. Yeah, you go. you're six nine, bro. <laughs> okay. If I'm six five, it's a different story right now. It's okay. Like, <laughs> no, but, no, for sure. But, but I, I think one thing, like when you see a good shooter, you know he's putting the work. He's putting the time. That's true. All these that's things. very true. And yep. And I think just how the evolution of basketball has gone. It just makes guys like me and you even more valuable. The sets, the actions, the yeah. and and I, I just I'm a, I'm a basketball junkie. I'm watching JJ Redick highlights at two in the morning. I'm watching yeah. I'm watching freaking Kyle Korver highlights. I'm yeah. watching all these guys, and it just gets me going. It gets gets my blood going. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that's the art of shooting. For it, it's an art to me. It's an art form. Like basketball is an art form. But for, but for me, shooting like if you. I, I can watch someone take 10 shots and know if they're a good shooter or not. Mm-hmm. That's love. No, dude, I, I keep, and I'm, I mess with him a lot. He comes in with his venti iced coffee. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm no like, cream, no like sugar. A, yeah. Like, AU dad, man. Like, yeah. like, a lot of those AU dads who come in, like, they're, they're hyper focused. Yeah in the craft like whether it's their kid or whatever and they're you know and and he i'm on the plane with him and he's going on the nba league pass and it's raptors game and I, i'm i go over and look at someone else and the next thing you know it's the sixers game and he's just like dude i love this shit <laughs> <laughs> he's like i love this shit i'm like dude you're you're gonna make it bro like so yeah. i guess to that point like for me i think it was middle school i'm sitting in like choir class and it's march madness and davidson is playing duke and it's steph curry and there's like I've always been a good shooter, and I love the game. Like I said, I played multiple sports. It was watching Steph Curry be a guy that pretty much looked like me, scrawny, yep. light skin, small, <laughs> but just pl- just flows, and he's just playing. He's let he just letting it fly, and he's playing with such ease. It's like kind of like the Bruce Lee "Be Like Water" kind of mantra, yeah. and it's like, dude, he looks like he's having fun. No one can stop him. Obviously, his handle is one of the best handles in the world and that's something I clearly need to work on but like just from a floor spacing shooting like you said I loved at Princeton one thing people could say about me is I was in the gym yeah and like I had teammates that would I'm like hey they'll, they'll come work out with me and then four days later they fall off they're not there and I'm there every day that like literally when they say making a thousand shots it was like a ritual. Like if it's an off day Sunday, like I'm making a thousand. And sometimes I take my breakfast to the gym, I take my lunch to the gym. And in between 500 reps, I'm watching a game and eating and then back to the And so there's something to it. Like like we kind of talked about my free throw percentage. Like, I mean, I don't like talking. Every time I talk about my free throw, I miss a free throw the next game. That's what happened on this <laughs> last game. But like, but bro, like I don't miss free throw. It's just, it's free and it's, it's routine and it's repetition and you can do it with your eyes closed. Um, but in terms of getting paid at the highest level here in the NBA, you see more and more, you have guys like Giannis, you have guys like KD who are seven foot and can shoot, but ultimately you have your stars and then you need to have guys that can make shots around them. And so it's like, how can you continue at, for me, six two, six one, whatever. And you, you, <laughs> you know, with, with more size, how can you be effective in impact winning? and for me, it's like if the ball goes in, I don't care if I was 5'11". Like if you can't contest or, or 
you jump by and I can do one like Patty Mills has made a career out of yep. just being an elite floor spacer and that's really kind of who I try and mold my game a little bit after him and Brent Forbes um, and, and just, just continue to, to work on it and, and hammer that that skill set home so hopefully you know this season I continue to to grow evolve um, and opportunity comes here soon but I mean shooting there's there's nothing like it all right, last, last question of the episode. Obviously, yep. we, we, we've talked about Steph Curry. We've talked about C.J. McCollum. We've talked about Dame Miller. Or we haven't talked about Dame Miller, but just you come from that pedigree of being like a smaller school guy. Do, do you take pride in being a smaller school guy at this level, or is that something you, you don't even think about? No, 100%. You, so there's a clip, and, I mean, I can tell you guys where to find it and pull it, but, you know, as a potter, but a fellow podcaster. Um, but <laughs> I, I remember going against Ivan Rabb, and he's clear he's a center whatever yeah. power forward but he was number two in my class 2015 um i played against him when he was at cal and then obviously you know he's highly recruited i'm i didn't get recruited by any of these schools and you look at the guys who were ahead like i i think i have a spreadsheet of all like the top 256 oh, you're guys. One of those guys i have a spreadsheet <laughs> of every guy that was ranked Swatter, you would, Swatter, you would be one of those guys if you weren't like in the jordan brand classic and everything Cole you would 100 be one of those guys. yeah he's on my list man. yeah he's but on the there's, list there's a yeah. list and it's not even like a grudge like i i you know like dude if you get dry, like good for you like I, my, i've always been like i'll see i'll see you there you yeah, better be yeah, ready yeah. you know and, and i mean it's just constantly i've been overlooked, undervalued, and then I chip away, and then I, I reach whatever goal I wrote down. So I made it to the league. I got injured. Everyone's like, well, that's it for him, you know, and I get back, right? And then it's like, damn, he got cut from Orlando, and now we're in this kind of new experience. Let's talk in three months, okay, and yeah. I'll be back, right? But it's like you go up against these guys that were recruited higher than you, went to these big schools, and I mean, no disrespect. You got the Novas, the Cuses, the the Dukes, the Kentuckys, and then you got yep. Princeton. It's like, come on, man. I'm not supposed to be here. I, I'm never supposed to be here, um, but we are, and we keep working. So, it's just a chip. I mean, it's a chip you hold on your shoulder, and, and you go into these environments. It's like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, man. I mean, thank you so much. That was that was an amazing podcast with a fellow podcast. Yeah. So you kind of you kind of took our jobs a little say. bit, Patty. But no, nah, man, it was fun. Yeah, no, that was that was unbelievable. Real fun conversation. Um, appreciate you coming on. I think I'll be tuning in to the Run Your Own Race pod. Appreciate and you guys. Can't wait for the home and home. But yeah, that was amazing. Thanks so much. Yeah, we could have kept this going for like way longer, Swider, but we don't want to take too much of your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Th- thanks again, Deb and. Uh, Obviously, we'll be together soon playing on the court and yes, excited sir. for that, man. So, um, good episode 11 for the Sweater Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms, at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com 
slash at Swider Show and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer is Adam Lewis. Swider Show is created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.